Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're probably wondering what I'm doing with this flag in my hand. I'm not going to tell you. I felt during worship I should go and pick it up. Because this morning, when I brought that prophetic word last week about the storehouse, I'm going to develop it this week. But I want us to fully understand it's all because of what Jesus has done. The giver's more important than the gifts. The blood has been shed, our sins are forgiven. Salvation is available. The victory has been won. And heaven is open to us. It's all because of what Jesus has done. So in all that you hear this morning, remember this. It's all because of what Jesus has done. It's the amazing grace of God. Nothing that we deserve, but because of what Jesus has done when he shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. The price that he paid for you and for me. Isn't it wonderful? That we've got access. You see, on the cross, Jesus made a way so we have access to God into his very holy presence as well as all the gifts and the blessings and the benefits of heaven. That's wonderful. Jesus made the way and made it possible for us. But we need to learn how to appropriate all that Jesus won for us. That's our responsibility, church. It's all because of what Jesus has done. You know, we should never ever forget the privilege that we have of being able to go into the presence of a holy God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You remember in the Old Testament, only the high priest once a year went into the presence of this holy God. And we can go into his presence any time of the day or night. Isn't that wonderful? And as the focus should be on the giver, we must also and always put God's presence first before his benefits. We want to be a people of his presence. We want to pursue God. That's our mission statement. Pursue God, transform life. We've got to keep on pursuing God because it's all about him. But the wonderful thing is we get all those wonderful gifts and benefits. And that's what we're going to be hearing about a little bit about this morning. A couple of people are going to come. I just want Rachel to come and Martin to come up. They come and share a couple of prophetic words with me this morning. I think it would be good to hear them before I share a little bit. Is Martin here? Are you here, Martin? Waking Martin up out there, would you somebody please? This is Rachel. You want to smile at Rachel? Um, in the worship this morning, I had my arms raised. I was worshipping. I think I was also interceding, really. And I suddenly saw it was like the ceiling just cracked and and then moved away. There was a hole. And, um, and then I was just absolutely deluged by these gold coins. They just 
right over the top of me, all round about me, sort of up to about here, you know. I was, it was like, you know, like when you know when you're buried in sand, you know, it was like that, but it was in coins. And and then I didn't see God, but I heard his voice and he said, You are my, and this is for all of us, not just for me. He said, You are my treasure and and so therefore I am pouring, you know, more treasure on, on you, you know. So Thank it's you God. because we are his treasure. Thank you, God. Well, I was still at the uh, the front door this morning enjoying the sunshine. And uh, I've become a sun worshipper. <laughs> S-O-N. And uh, when I stood there, I was praying a little bit, and I said, God, it's, uh, I so appreciate it when you, you, you show me things. I saw one or two things this morning. I want to share with you what I saw. I saw a field of wheat just gently blowing in the wind. And I looked, I said, what does that mean, God? And he said, well, that's my provision for you. It's yours, but you have to harvest it. You've got to go and reap it and put it into the storehouse. So it's your part, your part and God working together, you and God. Not only receive, God's part was the provision. Our part was the, the harvest. Then as I prayed a little bit further, I saw something else. I saw Brian standing, you know, in his clerical garb. With a chain around his neck, gold chain with a gold key. And again I prayed and I said, Father, what do I see? And he said, well, the key is the key to the storehouse. So here is the man who has the key to the storehouse. (laughs) When he's done, I'll continue. Actually... Not everyone enters the storehouse, but those who are faithful, those who move in faith, those who are prepared in a way to humble themselves and say, will you let me in, please? I want to say to you, there's a way into the presence of God, there's a way into the storehouse, a way to receive. If you stand in a place of need, you need to find a man with a key. God bless you. Isn't God good? Stand up a minute. You've been sat down long enough. Just say, I have an anointing. Do you believe what you're saying? Say it again. Do you feel anything rising in your spirit yet? Say it again. Okay, you sit down. I have an anointing. <laughs> God's storehouse. I put a little bit in the pastor's update and uh, I said about, you know, sometimes we wonder what life has in store for us. For ourselves or for someone else. And we can get into that place where it'll be Kesara, Sarah, what will be, will be. Which is completely unbiblical. It's a wrong attitude. Because we can know what life has in store for us. Or to put it another way, what God, what God has in the store for us. Amen. And that's what God wants us to discover today, what he has in the store for us. And last Sunday I brought this prophetic word. I saw these pictures and I just want to unpack this a little bit. So can you put the first picture up please? In Jesus' name. 
Is there a man of faith in the house? Just talk amongst yourselves and be fine with me. Yes! This is exactly what I saw last Sunday morning. This huge storehouse. Okay? You see this little door here? That's where individuals have pressed into God's storehouse over the years and brought stuff out to bless the body of Christ and others. Individuals have pressed on through. When I looked at that, I heard this voice that I said last Sunday, Open the storehouses in heaven! Open the storehouses in heaven! Open the storehouses in heaven! And I saw the next picture. These arrows represent two huge angels. There was one at each door, and they opened the storehouses. And God was saying the season had changed. It's not the, just the individuals now that have got access to the storehouse. This is for the church. This is for the body of Christ. This is for two disciples of Jesus. For those who will press into him. The storehouses in heaven are open. Because God wants to reap a harvest upon planet earth. Remember as the seed of Abraham, we are called to be a blessing to all the families in the earth. It's hard to bless people when you're not being blessed yourselves. And we thank God for the blessing and the measure that we've received. But we need to get into that place where there's an overflowing blessing where it's not only our needs being met, but there's enough left over to bless others. That's where God, that's why He's opened the storehouse doors. And I had this sense that inside the blessings and the gifts of God, they weren't just lying in great big and tidy heaps, but everything was organized in the storehouse. Everything was in its proper place. There was gifts and benefits and blessings. And some of them had your name in it. Isn't that good? There's stuff in there with my name in it. With my name in it. As well as your name in it. Can you just show me the next one, please? Look at that. That's only one storehouse. There's umpteen storehouses in heaven. And there's gifts and benefits in there for you and for me. And some of these things there have got your name upon it. But it's not only that, it's not just for us. There are gifts and benefits there that God wants his disciples to go in and take out so we can bless others. You see, as all that there is organized and been administrated properly, we've got to press in, take this stuff, and administrate this upon planet Earth. Not just give it away willy-nilly so it's wasted. It's got to be administrated properly so it meets people at the point of need. Not to waste it. The question we probably all have, well, what's in the boxes? (laughs) It's a good question, isn't it? What's in the storehouse? What's in the boxes? Well, let me give you some idea. I've given you the, uh, the, 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 the bit about Jesus and the victory and all the rest of it. So now we're just going to have a little look in the storehouse and see what we can find in there. What do you fancy? Anything you got in mind? Well, the Bible is sometimes called the book of promises, isn't it? Isn't it? Well, there's some great promises in the Bible. Let's turn to Deuteronomy. You remember, Nick, last week, Deuteronomy 28, 12? 
When he heard the prophetic word, God reminded him of Deuteronomy 28 and goes verse 1 through to 12. It speaks about the blessings that come to those who obey God. Shall I just read through some of them? Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. That's good. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle. It goes on. It blesses nearly everything you can think of. That all the peoples of the earth will see we're called by God and they will be afraid of us. That was to Israel, but the church is supposed to be that we are many show the blessing of God in the earth today. People are supposed to see God's blessing and goodness upon us so they know God is a good God in his life and wants to bless them also. We are many be a prophetic sign to all the peoples of the earth. Just some of the blessings that are in the storehouse. And there's many other ones. Uh, Psalm... 103, verse 1 to 6. I like this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. That's good, isn't it? You should, I say that's good. Are you not glad you're saved? That God can just forgive all your sins, heal all your diseases? I mean, that's good news. That's good news. Ephesians 1, verse 3 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. All these things are in the storehouse. They're all in the storehouse. What about Philippians 4, 19? We quote this often. My God shall supply all your needs through his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That's all you need. That means no exceptions. All your needs can be met from the storehouse. It's all there for you. In James, I love this. And this is from a version called The Voice. I don't know if you've ever come across it, but it's a wonderful new version that I've come across. It says this, James 1, verse 17 and 18. Every good gift bestowed, that means every good gift bestowed, by the way. Every good gift. Every perfect gift received. Every perfect gift received comes to us from above, courtesy of the Father of lights. He is consistent. He won't change his mind or play tricks in the shadows. We have a special role in his plans. He calls us to life by his message of truth so that we will show the rest of his creatures his goodness and love. Isn't that good? So that we will show the rest of his creatures his goodness and love. So as we receive more of God's goodness and love and blessings for ourselves, others can see that God loves them and wants to bless them also. Isn't that good news? Wow. So that's just some of the stuff that's in the storehouse. I mean, there's probably lots of stuff in the storehouse that God can reveal to us personally. That we can't get a Bible verse for it. But there's lots of things in the storehouse. There is no lack in the storehouse. Every good gift, every perfect gift, is in the storehouse. So it's all there. It's there for you, and it's there for me. Who can access the storehouse? I find this interesting because the sense that I had was this, was it's disciples of Jesus. You see, you can be a Christian, you can be saved, and yet not be a disciple. 
You can be saved and yet not be following Jesus. Hard to believe, isn't it? But it's true. See, disciples are those who love and follow Jesus. And Jesus says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. So we will love and follow Jesus and keep his words if we're true disciples. And that was a sense that I felt that those who are true disciples, God will show how to access the storehouse. You'll get some clues from me a little bit later on. But true disciples, we need to be true disciples, don't we? You remember we said the other week, and it's, you know, in Mark, Jesus said, follow me. You could put a full stop after that, couldn't you? Follow me. That's what Jesus says, follow me. No ifs, no buts, just follow me. In John 15, he talks about abiding in me. He says that without him, we can do absolutely nothing. We can do nothing without Jesus, folks. Absolutely nothing. We're called to abide in him and to obey him because we can do absolutely nothing without him. So we're called to abide in him. And then, as I just said to Jesus, expects us to obey him. And our job is to bring God's kingdom, the goodness out of his story. We've got to bring these things from heaven to earth, haven't we? That's what we've got to do. Praise God for what we've done. You know, praise God for those who've pressed in through that little door, but the doors are now wide open because God wants all disciples to press in and bring these good things in heaven down to earth. Because what the earth needs is more of heaven, isn't it? That's what this town needs, more of heaven upon earth. What's revival? More of heaven upon earth. That's what it is, really. It's more of heaven upon earth. The presence and the goodness of God upon the earth. That's a definition of revival. And that's what this town and nation needs. And we've got to play our part in this. In fact, we have a responsibility here because we're the church of Jesus Christ. So how do we access the storehouse? This is the $64,000 question, isn't it? How do we access the storehouse? Well, you remember what I said earlier about it's all grace. This is all the grace of God. It's everything that Jesus provided for us. It's all the grace of God. And it talks in Romans 5 too that we access his grace by faith. That's what we do. We access his grace by faith. So that's how we're going to access all the things that are in the storehouse in heaven. It says this, Romans 5, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. John 15 says this, The thing about abiding, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Father God wants us to be fruitful disciples, isn't he? Anyone here want to be a fruitful disciple? Well, we can do it. We can do it. We can become fruitful disciples by doing things God's way. And we're simply going to come to Father by faith in the name of Jesus and ask him for some of these things that are in the storehouse. Pretty simple, really. Isn't it? Couldn't get much simpler than that. We've already seen some of the things that are in the storehouse. It may be that, you know, maybe someone that you know, not yourself, it's good to take care of yourself, but it's also good to take care of others. There may be someone you know that needs, a, that needs a particular blessing. Well, get before God and say, Father, 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 can I receive that from your storehouse, this gift to give to that person? 
And once you received it, go and bless them with it. Have you ever done that? I remember, uh, who knows Ian Andrews for the healing ministry? Yeah. Well, when, he, when he wrote his book years ago, he tells this little story that uh, he was in this house group, and the house group needed a few sick people in the house group. And Ian just running through a few things, and the guy was praying for him. Nothing was happening. And Ian said, well, why don't you stick your hand and just receive from heaven? And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, there's lots of gifts in heaven. What's wrong with that person? He said, I think it's something to do with his calling. He said, well, put your hand up and just use your sanctified imagination and just imagine that you're receiving a new calling for that guy in your hand. So he just saw this kind of tube-like thing. He thought, okay, I've got some in my hand now, God. He put it in the person's head, bang, the power of God hit him. He was healed. Other people in the group received the same thing. It was there in heaven. There's different ways and all different models and methods and, and, and ways that God uses to heal the sick. We can't just box them into one. So here's just another example. We can put a hand up and receive something from heaven. And we can give it to people on earth. Get it in your hand. Give it to the person. Now it's just, there's other things you can do. It doesn't have to be healing. It could be something else. It may be another gift that they need. Well, stick your hand up to heaven. Bring it down to earth. What about obedience bringing blessing? Because it does. It's not just we can ask Father in the name of Jesus by faith. Obedience to God also brings blessing. We saw that in that uh, in Deuteronomy. That if you obey me, all these blessings will come upon you. Well, there's two or three other scriptures here that, that pick out the same thing. Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10, it talks about, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Honor the Lord. It's the same thing, obey, honor the Lord with your possessions. When Alice and I ever receive anything, be it a piece of furniture, whatever it is, the first thing you do, we give it back to God. We say, Father, we're just stewards of this. We're just stewards of this. We give it to you. It doesn't belong to us. It belongs to you. We're honoring the Lord with our possessions. We do that because it's right to do it, but also because we want our barns to be filled with plenty. And our vats overflowing with new wine, don't you? I don't want to have lack. I want to have plenty. And here's what will make you wriggle. Thank you for all those who do. God speak to those who don't. Malachi 3, verse 10 to 12, talking about the tithes. It says this, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse and may be food in my house, that's the church, and test me now in this, says the Lord, and I will open for you, it's for you, I will open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing there will not be enough room to receive it. Wow, that's overflowing blessing. That is overflowing blessing. See, Alice and I haven't got a clue who ties in this church. We don't want to know because we want to treat everyone the same. But for your own benefit, I would encourage you to tithe. Why? Because God will pour out an overflowing blessing upon you. Overflowing blessing. Overflowing blessing just through tithing to God. People say, but Brian, that's Old Testament law. No, it's not. It came before the law of Moses. Abraham brought a tithe to Melchizedek, the great high priest of God. We are the seed of Abraham. 
Abraham is our example by faith. So it's not the Old Testament law that came before the law. Or people say, well, Brian, should we tithe net or gross? Well, it's like this. It depends if you want a net or a gross blessing, doesn't it? The choice is yours. I'm after gross blessing, personally. So I encourage you and challenge you. That simple act of obedience. Now, we don't tithe to get. We tithe because it's right before God to do it and because we love Him and we want to obey Him. It's like P.S. But nevertheless, God, your word does say, if I do this, you'll pour out an overflowing blessing. Our motives must be right. So if you're not tithing, maybe that'll encourage you to tithe. Get God's blessing. And it's not just financial blessing upon your life. It's all sorts of blessing. God doesn't limit the blessing. It's all kinds of blessing. He opens the windows of heaven and pours out an overflowing blessing upon us. Simply through tithing. Praise God. Eh? I love this. James 1, verse 22 to 25. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. He who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the word, this one will be blessed in what he does. We get blessed in our doing. We can know the word of God. We can be absolutely stuffed with the word of God. But if we don't obey the word of God, we don't get blessed by the word of God. And God wants us to be blessed, and we get blessed when we're doers of the word. Hear and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to hear and obey. Okay, I won't, no. So, that's good thoughts. The blessings of obedience. You see, it's unreal to try and live a Christian life without being obedient to God. It's absolute nonsense, actually. It's absolute nonsense. Because when we get saved, we should embrace Jesus as Savior and Lord. That means our life is no longer our own, but it belongs to him. Therefore, we live our lives doing things his way. That shows that we're true disciples of Jesus Christ. No longer living lives for ourselves, but living lives for him because we love him and we want to honor him and bear fruit that brings glory to his name. So it's nice and tidy in heaven. And as I said, God wants us to administrate the blessings and the gifts properly upon earth. Did you know that Jesus administrated a miracle? You know, when it says in Mark, you know, when Jesus fed the 5,000, they weren't just there in a big heap because of the loaves and the fish and Jesus held them before Father and he blessed them and nothing changed. He gave it to the disciples and they acted by faith. They went with a little bit of bread and fish to each person and it wasn't as if the baskets suddenly got filled. They keep going by faith and God multiplied that miracle. But what it did, it was administrated properly because Jesus had everyone sit down in groups of hundreds and fifties. See, if they'd just been there in the big heap, some people at the back might have got mixed out, missed out. Or people in the middle might have been missed out. So Jesus got them to sit down in the hundreds and fifties so he could actually administrate a miracle so no one was missed out. And that's what God wants us to do with this. when we take the gifts and the blessing from the storehouse in heaven. He wants us to administrate these things properly upon earth so that no one gets missed out and we meet people at the point of need. That's what God wants to do, meet people at the point of need. And he wants us to do that.
we receive from heaven, then we take it to the person and we meet them at the point of need and we bless them. We don't waste what Jesus bought for us at the cross, but we use it wisely and we administrate it properly. That's what God wants us to do. Simple, isn't it? So it's all there for us. It's all there for us. Heaven's storehouses are open for true disciples of Jesus who will press in for themselves and for others. Because we are called to bless nations as the seed of Abraham. So can we just stand, please? Father, we just thank you that we are here today because of what Jesus has done. Lord, we're so grateful that sacrifice and victory on the cross. Lord, give us access not just to the Father's presence, but to these storehouses in heaven, all the gifts and blessings of God, all these benefits, you've made them available to us. To those who will walk with you, be a true disciple and press in. And Father, I just ask that as a church we would press in to all you're making available to us, that we would take full advantage of the victory of Jesus on the cross. Lord, not just for ourselves, but for others. God, we look for opportunities to bless others and that you would put something in our hand so we can go and bless others. Father, I, I believe it's a new day and we've got nations to feed. Father, we want to be a bit like Joseph and uh, all, all the storehouses. The nations came to him because the storehouses were filled. God, your storehouses are filled and there's no lack in heaven. So may we bring the abundance of heaven to earth. Lord, we're like a connection point between heaven and earth. So help us to do that, Father, in a whole new way and give us more and more revelation of this truth that we enter into the good of it, individually and corporately as a church. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Lord.